Hello and welcome to Big Les's League and welcome to part two of Around the League with the one and only Bald Man Rugby League. He's an absolute champion of a bloke. I want to thank him again for his patience that he had uh, during the technical issues we had at the back end of the podcast. He is a champion of a bloke and if you do notice a bit of editing, I am terrible at editing things. But we had the chat. It was an awesome chat. I can't thank him enough for his patience. Absolute champion of a fella. Really awesome chat. If you enjoyed part one, you are definitely going to enjoy part two because we start off talking about the one and only Joseph Manu and how he is probably the most valuable player on the market at the moment. So sit back, relax, and enjoy part two. Walker away to Tarp, and then it's gone on to Gagai, and Dane's gone through. Walker's there supporting, and he puts it over the line for a final try. A couple of plays of the game. The Panthers are going to be first after this. It's been ugly. They've been far from their best. Cleary straight through. The way it's come, a long ball over the top. Katara, the trick finish. Now, speaking of a guy that's got his face up in the market at the moment, and he is probably one of the most valuable players in the market at the moment, if if not one of the, if not the most valuable player on the market, it is Joseph Manu. He's been linked to the Dolphins. He's been linked to the Warriors. I'm pretty sure he's been linked to a few other clubs as well, including where he is at the moment at the Roosters. There's word that he will re-sign at the Roosters. But if he doesn't, or even if it's just a one-year deal, there is going to be a lot of players chasing this guy's contract because he showed in 2021 the number of positions he can play, how well he can execute in each of those positions. I think fullback might even be his best position. (laughs) We've seen him play center for, what, three or four years, maybe even more. I mean, it's going to be a scary thought. And if Roosters end up re-signing this guy, 2022, look out because Joseph Manu is coming for you. And he will he will just, he'll be on fire. He'll be on fire in 2022. I'm, I'm really excited. Even as a South fan um, for the Roosters right now, I'm really excited. At the same time, I'm shitting my pants, but I'm really excited um, for, for what Joseph Manu is going to bring in 2022. Yeah, so I think the current rumor is that he's going to take a little bit unders and maybe around the $850,000 mark to stay at the Roosters, uh, despite being offered, you know, up to a million by other clubs such as, you know, the Warriors, as you mentioned. Um, And, you know, I'm really unsure how I feel about, like, what I want to happen because, you know, part of me goes, he's a Rooster through and through. He's had so much success there, been such a table that team. And, you know, he's been a huge reason they won the premiership, those couple of premierships. So, but the other part of me sort of, as you said, remembers how he played over the origin period and how he's covered for injuries in different positions. And I just go, this guy is way too good to be stuck out in the centres anymore. I think that's the only position he has in this Roosters team. Uh, You know, you're not starting him at fullback over Tedesco and uh, I don't think you're playing him in the halves over Walker and Keary. Um, But, man, he just needs to have the ball in his hands as much as possible and I don't think he gets that in the centres. Um, but, you know, um, you know, he's been the most consistent center um, for a lot of years now. And I feel like he's only just sort of starting to really get his recognition. I feel like he was underrated for a lot of years and he was kind of 
not necessarily overshadowed in regard to his performance, but in regard to that star power of Latrell Mitchell as the, as his other centre partner, you know. Um, so I think he's really, yeah, as you said, he's one of the most valuable players on the market for sure. And it's one of those things as well. If the Roosters do end up securing him for $850,000, are you paying overs for him to just play centre? Because that's a lot of money to uh, spend for, a, you know, for that position, um, even if, you know, Manu is absolutely, you know, one of, if not the best in the competition. So it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how it turns out. Um, he's a guy like, and not only is he a great player, but he's also just one of the nicest guys in league. You know, he's never had an off-field indiscretion, just complete professional. So, you know, he's definitely not a guy the Roosters can let go um, and feel good about it, you know. So, yeah, I'll, I'll be interested to see how it turns out. I really... Um, Really hope I kind of personally I do want to see him playing in that either either six or fullback role on a consistent basis because I just think he's got so much to offer. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting because it's the Roosters halves pairing at the moment is is a bit up in the air as well. Uh, they've got Sam Walker, Drew Hutchinson who's had a fantastic year, Luke Keary coming back from that horrid ACL, uh, and then you've got now Joseph Manu who's played there and played well. I don't think he's going to play fullback because I think Tedesco's locked that down. I think Tedesco yeah, yeah, is the definitely. is the guy. He's the guy. Um, but five eight, that is a bit up in the window, and I wouldn't mind to see him there. I would not mind to see him there because he gets the ball in his hands a bit more. Um, I think Sam Walker could. I'm not, I'm not. No disrespect to Sam Walker, but I think it'd be actually beneficial for him if he gets that maybe one year in first grade that he didn't get before. Yeah. Uh, it's in in reserve grade. Sorry, that he didn't get before. Um, Oh, I think that'll be really beneficial for him because the game slows down a bit. He gets used to um, different combinations and stuff before coming back into the NRL. Um, but it's going to be really, really interesting to see what the how the Roosters go in terms of halves. They've got Connor Watson as well, but I think that he's been signed as the number nine. Um, it is going to be really interesting there. Um, Joseph Manu, for me, uh, is, is worth a lot of money. He's a million-dollar man. He's a million-dollar man that deserves a big contract you put him wherever he likes and he just plays footy. And I think that's what's going to suit Manu really, really well. And a stat came out the other day, and this is going to surprise the shit out of you because it surprised the shit out of me. So it's a, it's a spot, it's a fighting spot for Caleb Ponger and Manu for the Dolphins side. And whoever gets that number one jersey is going to be offered 1.4 million for one, I think it was, per year, and then therefore will be the highest paid NRL player in the entire competition, which is just a scary thought. And I think as much as it's crazy, Manu deserves it. <laughs> it's it's so it's um it, it's gonna be really interesting uh to see what happens with the Dolphin situation. Uh then you've got the Warriors as well, that other argument. Uh he'd be a great replacement there for RTS. Uh they've both got that really good playmaking ability and uh really good um evasion skills as well. Um so I think he'd suit the Warriors quite well and, and you just give them what they've been used to in RTS and and that really good evasion and playmaking ability. Yeah, so I've also heard, I didn't know Manu was in the line for the 1.4 mil, but uh, yeah, the heard the rumour about Kalen Ponga and look, I think, I'll say this, Kalen Ponga would definitely be a great signing for the Dolphins. You know, his personality and his play style, their box office, you know, he would get 
inspire an influx of fans and get bums on seats, you know, straight away. And that in itself is so valuable. Um, but with all that said, $1.4 million a season is absurd. It's a lot of money. Um, it's a lot of money. If I'm completely honest, he hasn't even... I don't think Ponga has played like a $1 million player the last couple of seasons. And, you know, the Knights as a whole, they've been extremely inconsistent, which as their best player, he has to accept at least some of the blame for. Um, and look, he has all the potential in the world and he's still very young. So if you pay him that $1 million price tag, then you're paying you're paying him projecting that he's going to improve, which I can definitely understand. And look, I would probably pay that money. $1 million, if I'm honest, I probably would. Um but 1.4 for me is too much. Um, you don't want to ruin your salary cap for one player, especially as a new club. Um, and look, from my point of view, you know, if you're admitting that you're going to have to overpay someone, would it be so ridiculous, like to pay Clint Gutherson, you know, that 900k to a mil mark? Um, you know, I think Gutherson, he's shown himself to be a leader in that Parramatta side. He's a captain. His work rate is completely through the roof, and I think those attributes are really important for a new team trying to establish themselves, like just those intangibles, um, you know, and then with an extra 400K, you can go and get another really good player. You know, I mean, the Bulldogs, for example, they're paying 400K for a guy like Paul Vaughan this year. So, you know, that shows what shows you what 400K can get you in this league. Um, there are so many players. I, my, my other thing is as well, there are so many players that we off contract and, you know, with a guy like Wayne Bennett and his connections, I really don't think they will have problems with recruiting to have to panic mm. and make that purchase of for 1.4 mil. I just, you know, as I said, mm. like, I think Ponga is one of the best young players in the competition. And I, I think that, uh, you know, I would pay to get him away from Newcastle. If I had to pay a mil, I would probably do it. Um, but yeah. 1.4 for me is too much. And there's, you know, I would even be wary to pay even like the Tom and, Cleary that much and <laughs> you know they're the they're for me the two best players in the competition so <laughs> yeah and, and and it's it's a bit yeah I, I can understand it's a bit much maybe 1.2 for, for Ponga yeah. uh, I think that's around where he's worth you gotta you gotta you, know, you can't forget though as well he's got his I think he's got two podcasts well maybe one or two podcasts at 257 uh, obviously with Watson and, and Croaks yeah. Um, but he's also got his own beer as well. That's marketable right there. That's a sponsor, yeah. and that is marketable. Uh, and as well, in terms of recruiting, they've got Peter O'Sullivan, who is the guy that found Greg Inglis, of all people. So recruiting is definitely not going to be an issue. Um, yeah, but yeah, but I think 1.2 for me, for Ponga, would be a great signing. I think he'd take it as well. I think one of the only reasons he's, he's actually staying at um at Newcastle was because of uh, Watson was there. He had, they had a flat together. They were living together. He could move. He could potentially move to the Redcliffe, and I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest. And I think he'd suit them really well as well. Uh, and and that's a bit that's a bit weird saying that as well because they haven't they haven't got any players yet. Um, so it really yeah. depends who they get. Um, Munster's been linked there. Obviously, Walker could go there as well. We talked about before, only signing a one-year deal with South, so he could go there as well. I mean, the caliber of players you can get with, what, 10 million? I think it, it, it starts off with. I'm not sure if that's actually actually the case. I, I know that's just fantasy. Yeah. Um, but uh, if that's what they start off with, you can get plenty of talent for that amount of money and still have a bit left over for those low-paying yeah. quality guys. 
Yeah, and that's kind of my point. I think, like, I, I agree with you. As I, as I said, Ponga and his personality, his brand, his box office. But there are so many guys that there there are, are so many options. You can you know you can look at a Harry Grant. I think twenty twenty three he comes off contract. You can look at a um, yeah, as you said, Cameron Munster. And like, if you're paying a mil for those guys, as opposed to one point four for Ponga, I think that the value is there. Like in regard to like you know last last year Munster. Uh, after that Origin series, he was in the uh, Premiership. He was obviously this scandal's taking a little bit of the shine off, but like he was virtually like easily top five player in the game. Um, and like people have you know you know kind of forgotten, but like this he had a down year this year, no doubt. But like what is what is I don't think Pong has ever had a year that has matched what Munster did that year. You know what I mean? Um, and I think you know. As I said, I want to sound like I'm being disrespectful because I'm talking about Kalen Ponger amongst these like over million dollar players. Um, so you are you are getting nitpicky, but he has had injury issues. And as I said, like there are times where I do think he needs to get a bit more involved. And um, yeah, I, I, I'm I think you know in the lead up to he'll have to have a big year this year. But obviously as well, Mitchell Pierce isn't looking like I think I don't know if it's official yet, but he might not be there. So he's gonna Ponger's really gonna have to step up. So I guess we'll see. I get a little bit more evidence of what he can do as the man, I suppose. Um, but yeah, it's it's it, yeah, it's just a matter of who they sign. Another guy that's off contract who could potentially play seven, and they wouldn't go wrong with signing this guy, Sean O'Sullivan. Now Peter O'Sullivan's there already as uh, as an assistant. Oh, not assistant coach. Sorry, he's over there as a, a recruiting guy uh, at the moment. Who is Sean O'Sullivan's dad? He got his son over to the Warriors before when he was over there. He could probably get his son over to the Dolphins again. His training in the offseason has been unreal. Really, really spectacular there. Uh, uh, I, I, can't, I was about to say for the Warriors, but he's not there anymore. Um, but his training has been unbelievable. And he would be an awesome signing because when he was playing for the Warriors, he was really solid. Now, he's been linked to Penrith. Um which would be a great signing for them. Made I official, think. I think. Well, even if it has, I mean, that is an awesome signing there um, for the for the Penrith Panthers because he can just come off as that fourteen off the bench and just play that middle, well, the roaming lock role, or whether you take uh, Luai or Cleary off for a little bit, which I don't think is going to happen. But even just as that fourteen role, um, even playing a bit of hooker at the back end of games for a little bit, uh, roaming lock, as we said. He's going to be so, such a valuable signing, and he's an awesome signing there for the Penrith Panthers. He's such a great quality. He's a really quality halfback, um, and they wouldn't go wrong with signing a guy like Sean O'Sullivan, no, no matter who you've got, no matter if it is Nathan Cleary that you've got there. And as well, if uh, it, as, as we were talking about before with Cody Walker uh, and the signing of uh, Havili as well, during that origin period, um, when when the guy when um Nathan Cleary is out, geez, uh, they've got Sean O'Sullivan playing uh playing in that halfback role with most likely either Jerome Luai, depending on if he makes it or 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 some one of those guys as well. And Sean O'Sullivan, he's a really great quality halfback, and you as I said, you wouldn't go wrong with signing a guy like Sean O'Sullivan, especially whether it's short term or long term, and no matter how much they've paid for him as well. Uh, yeah, look, I think it's a great. Uh, I'm not, yeah, as you said, I'm not sure if it's maybe official. Um, but I think it's very. Uh, yeah, I think it's very. Um, I think 
lost both their halves options. Um, but obviously, also Tyron May just did that. He's quite terminated. So they needed to get there to cover both Cleary and uh, Luai in case of injury. And, you know, as you said, over the origin period. Um, and I look, I'm probably not as high as O'Sullivan on O'Sullivan as you, but I do think he's a solid player. Um, I do see him as, I think I do see him as a backup half. Um, so, but I think going to Penrith, I think it's got the perfect role for him. You know, he's going to that winning culture um, and, you know, he'll get his opportunities there. Um, he obviously, you know, being uh, for the Warriors, you know, they have a heap of depth in the halves at the moment. We sort of touched on, you know, they've signed Johnson to come across and then they also have uh, Chanel Harris-Tavita there, uh, Cody Nicarima and Ash Taylor uh, signing on a tra- training trial. So they've, they're on their, on the books for next year. So O'Sullivan didn't really have a spot. Um, so I think, you know, it's a great move for all parties. I think, you know, the worry for O'Sullivan, he's going to get a lot more opportunity at game time and he's going to get an opportunity with a really good team, really good culture. And, you know, for the Warriors, they um, they, they have that position covered, so they didn't need, really need him anymore. Um, so, yeah, I think I think definitely a good move. Yeah, and I think it's going to be really good for Sean O'Sullivan as well. No matter where he plays a few games of first grade at the start of the season, then comes in as that fill-in 14, uh, depending on whether Mitch Kenny comes in. Uh, also, he's obviously the main 14 guy, but... Uh, whether Sean O'Sullivan is that guy that comes in as that 14. Um, it, it's going to be awesome to see. Great signing there for the Penrith Panthers. All right, moving on here. Let's talk about this for a second. The Titan situation. They've got a whole spine under the age of 25. Um, obviously, they've got Jaden Campbell now playing that fullback role. They've got AJ Brimson and they've got uh, Toby Sexton, off my understanding that is playing uh, uh, in that halfback jersey, all under the age of 25. Obviously, they lost Fogarty to the Raiders. They've lost Ashley Taylor on a trade and troll due to the Warriors. It is really going to be tough goings for the Titans go come 2022. Yeah, I um, look, I think they have a lot of young talent, and that's the, that's the positive thing. Um, but... I do agree that there's going to be some level of regression there next year. Um, you know, as you said, a spine featuring Jaden Campbell, Toby Sexton, AJ Brimson, you know, talented, but incredibly young and inexperienced. Um, look, I think Toby Sexton, I was actually impressed um, when, I, when I, in the opportunities that he had uh, last year. Um, but I still think that Fogarty would have been their best halfback option for 2022. Um, and I also think... The thing for me is I think Fogarty's experience would have been even more valuable to help ease Brimson's transition um, from fullback into the halves. Um, you know, Brimson, he's a, he's a massive talent, and I think he'll be fine. And if he can get his running game going uh, at that number six role, I think that'd be really, really dangerous. Um, and I think there's no doubt that Jaden Campbell, he um, he just owned that spot in the chances he got. So I think you had to find a spot for him. Um, but, yeah, I, yeah, I just can't see why they would let go of Fogarty, considering the amount of money he was making, um, why they would let go of him for, for nothing. I heard early on um, that, you know, there was a rumour going around that it could be a swap for Josh Hodgson, and I thought that would have been, like, more than fair. You know, they've, they had Tom Starling um, ready to cover that hooker position, and, you know, the um, Titans really, they're really lacking a hooker now. They've also let go of Mitch Rain. Um, uh, at the end of this season. So, you know, I think while Aaron Clark 
you know, he's been solid um, in what I've seen. Um, but, you know, even I would have rather just play Fogarty at hooker if you weren't going to, um, if, if you couldn't make the swap going. You know, I think, um, yeah, I just, I think that they are lacking at number nine and, yeah, they're extremely young. Um, and I think that's the thing that their biggest issue this year, they were able to really score points, but they're, um, they were just too inconsistent. They would clock off during different periods um, in defense. So I think that's only going to be – the inconsistency is only going to be more of an issue with such a young team, you know, that you need that experience. And you see it – like we've seen it with the Broncos, their inconsistency because they're just so young. You need those guys, those older guys that are going to – you know, set the standards. And I think that is going to be something that they're lacking. Um, you know, it was an issue this year. And I think it may be an even bigger issue next year. So I don't have them making the, I had them making the eight top at top eight this year and they just did. Um, but I don't I have them dropping out um, for next year. I think they will too, because I don't think a team can really make the top eight without that experience in the side, without those older guys, those leveled heads. It's really hard for a team um, to make the top eight. We saw it with the Broncos just recently as well. They were a top eight side up until 2020 when they obviously got the wooden spoon. Um, and that was because they were lacking all those experienced guys. Obviously, Darius Boyd retired. Um, Anthony Wilford wasn't really playing much footy. Uh, it was really hard times for for the Broncos. But, um, I mean, there's some light at the end of the tunnel for them, uh, Brisbane. Just going back to the Titans, though, it's really going to be tough goings. It's really going to be tough goings unless well, they sign someone with a good level of experience. And if they do sign Hodgson, well, I think that'd be a great signing. Yeah. Well, the one thing I will mention is um, they have signed Will Smith um, from the Parramatta Eels. Um, mm. You know, he is a more experienced, I guess. You know, he's 29 years old, um, but he is kind of that... For me, he's just that classic journeyman, um, you know, fringe sort of first grader, no disrespect, of course, but, you know, he's got 75 first grade games to his name at 29. So, you know, he has been in and out of first grade um, throughout his career. Um, but I, you know, I think he's a really, I think he's a solid player. I, I really do. He, you know, he, during his uh, opportunities with Parramatta this year, he played with a lot of passion. He really did compete on every play. So I think I, I think it was a good signing for them. Um, but, for me, as I said, like the problem I have with the signing is that I don't believe he's better than the players that the, they have released. You know, I personally, you know, I see Fogarty and Taylor and, you know, Tyrone Peachy as all better options to play in the halves than, you know, uh, Will Smith. He's probably going to be playing that, you know, 14 role, I'd say. Um, and, you know, even comparing, you know, I'd say Taylor's probably the worst of those guys. But while the argument for signing Smith is that he's more consistent than a player like Taylor... You know, I think Taylor has better upside that sort of warrants that risk, you know. And we also know that uh, Ash Taylor is only on a train and trial contract. So Smith may even be a more expensive option than Taylor would have been to uh, keep him at the Titans. Um, so, you know, I think he Smith's a good, provides a lot of flexibility. And, and I think the Titans do need that depth, as we said, because they don't really have any other options. They've left let both Fogarty and Taylor go. Um, but, yeah, as I said, I think he's probably too far up that depth chart right now for the Titans. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I think it's a big one as well for me is they've let go Tyron Peachy as well. And he, he, he basically, they've lost their depth. He was a really versatile guy. And if there was a player that was injured one week, he would just slot in. He would do the job. He would fill the spot really well. I think from 
just personally, that's a big loss um, because it really does get rid of their depth um, and it gets rid of that guy that's versatile in the, in that side. Will Smith does come in and he does. He can play fullback. He can play 5'8". He can play halfback if he wanted to, even a bit of hooker. I know he did play a bit of hooker as well, filling in one game this season. I'm pretty sure it was in the opening rounds. Um, but yeah, he's really, really versatile. And um, in saying that though, Tyron Peachy still, like he could even play in the forwards and he'd do a good job. Um, so it, it's a big loss, Tyron Peachy. But Will Smith, I, I do agree. That is a great signing there for, there for the Titans. Anyway, moving on to the West Tigers signings. Obviously, the guy we were just talking about, Tyrone Peachy. They also signed Jackson Hastings from the Super League. Um, firstly, we'll go on to Tyrone Peachy. I think um, just personally, yeah, he's one of my favorite players. Uh, I just love watching him when, when, week in, week out, filling in whatever position he plays, whether that's 5'8", whether that's uh, in the lock forward role, in the back row, in the centers, wherever he plays. I just love watching him play because he just creates something out of nothing every week and he really turns up every week and just does his job. So I really do think that's what the, the Tigers need. They actually need that roaming lock, which is what Tyrone Peachy can do really well, in my opinion. What are your thoughts about the Tyrone Peachy signing? Um, yeah, look, I, I think initially I sort of had – I do have mixed feelings about it. And, look, I'll tell you why. So I think – Basically, they've signed him on a two-year deal worth $750,000. So I really think that's probably about his market value. I don't think they overpaid for him, which is really good. Um, and I think, basically, I think it was really good that they were able to finally secure someone because they have really struggled in the recruitment market. They have. Um, so I think at the time they signed him, he was one of the best players remaining on the market. And I think, you know, he's a relatively big name that can kind of, you know, satisfy the fans and give them a little bit something to be excited about because he is an exciting player to watch definitely um but i think look i'm i hope that he gets a, a role as there as you said the ball playing lock forward i think i'd love to see him just get an opportunity consistently play that position and develop his game you know he didn't really get that opportunity at the times he was shuffled around so much but i'd really love to just see him i think in the modern game, you know, with the way that the lock position has changed, he is like just the ideal mold for it. Um, and I think, you know, he, I, I think he maybe is a little bit too uh, ball dominant to sort of play in the halves full time. But I think, you know, as a lock forward, I think he's, per, you know what I mean? He's a little bit like he is a bit Perfect, of a ball yeah. hog. A bit of a ball hog. Yeah. So I think he is a little bit, um, uh, you know, I think he suits that lock roll forward even, like, just suits his natural game and he can just focus on his running running ability. Um, but, yeah, I guess I guess the main thing, and I, I know that I've seen a lot of people sort of talking about it, I guess it's the fit. Um, the fit, you know, they've got um, right now, at the very least, they've got Luke Brooks, they've got Dewey, they've got Hastings um, and Tyrone Peachy all sort of fight, fighting for different spots, uh, both in the halves and that lock position. Um, so, you know, I think personally, I think, as you said, as I said, I want, I want, I want Peachy in that role, but if they, I don't think they can move Dewey out of the halves because he's been such a, such a great, he was their best player this year. Um, you know, so I think with Dewey, I think Dewey's out injured for the first part of the season. So I think they will initially run with Hastings at six and Peachy at 13 on with Luke Brooks. Um, 
So I think, you know, after that, the decision will be made based on how they're performing. And then after that, you know, they're performing well. Like, uh, slot do we back at centre to sort of ensure that minimum disruption? Or if they're struggling, then, you know, they will prove themselves in the halves this year. So they may move into the 13 um, and then bring Peach up the bench as a 14 maybe. Well, yeah, and exactly. And I think... Jackson Hastings as well, one of those big-name signings. Uh, I think he definitely books in that spot um, as a starting half. I think Dewey would probably go to 5'8 with him. Uh, just I just love watching Dewey um, play in that 5'8 role. But I do think Jackson Hastings get that, gets that 7 because that's where he was playing for most of the Super League season. Uh, Tyrone Peachy definitely deserves that roaming lock role for me and then whether that mean Luke Brooks comes off as a, off as a 14 even though personally I think he's not big big enough sorry or he is an 18 uh, or he goes to the Knights like he's predicted to um, we'll just have to wait and see um, but yeah I personally if I was the Tigers right now I'd be picking uh, Jackson Hastings and Adam Dewey in the halves and well you look at some of their recent signings like uh, James Bob- Roberts, sorry, um, Joel Offa and Gowie, really talented guys that they've brought over, but they just haven't been able to get the best out of those guys. It's going to be really interesting to see what the Tigers do with the likes of Tyron Peachy, with the likes of Hastings. It'll be really interesting to see what uh, Michael Maguire and Tim Sheens can do with those guys in 2022. And I think, you know, even recent times, you look at some of their signings with like James Roberts and the Joey Leilua's, those kind of guys with like, if you can get the best out of them, then they're going, they, they'll be weapons. But they, I don't think the the Tigers have proven that they are able to get the best out of these high upside guys. Um, so, you know, I think I, I, I would love to see Tyrone Peachy, just as I said, get into that lock position and just be able to find that level of consistency in his game. Yeah, um, Tigers definitely haven't been the teams that really get the best out of their guys. Uh, it's been proven about a few times uh, this season, um, even last season, seasons before that. It's probably the reason that they do end up just missing the eight. They've, I mean, it was weird that they got rid of Benji because they got rid of their experience. Um, oh, it's it's. I talk about the Tigers a lot. And now I think... The signing of Hastings and this and Tyron Peachy also is sort of a knife in in Luke Brooks's back, um, and I say and a reason for that is this: going into 2020, uh, 2022, sorry, um, especially at the start of this off season, they signed Jackson Hastings, and I was like, oh, that's a really good signing. He'll probably slot into that roaming lock role. They'll probably bulk him up a bit. Luke Brooks will be fine. He'll play halfback. Adam Dewey, 5'8". Really good signing. I liked it. Then they go ahead and they sign Tyron Peachy. And I was like, hold on. They've just signed a roaming lock. Hastings might have to slot into the halfback role. They've probably promised him a starting role. Tyron Peachy would probably have only moved to the Tigers if he was getting a starting role in that, or even just as that 13. What's going on? Adam Dewey's going to start because he's been given a leadership role. Where does that leave Luke Brooks? And I've said this a few times, and I'll say it again. I don't be surprised to see Luke Brooks in an 18 jersey a few games this season. 
And that is nothing against Luke Brooks. I think Luke Brooks has done a great job, especially for the situation and the cards he's been dealt. It's sort of similar to the Ash Taylor situation where he was given a bit of money and he was told, you're the man, you need to do this, you need to do that. Uh, And I think that doesn't suit Luke Brooks at all. I think he's a second fiddle where he just plays off someone else. He's similar. I wouldn't say he's similar to Jack Whiten, but he's sort of one of those halves that plays off what other, other people do around him. And it's it's it sort of is a knife in Luke Brooks's back in the sense that now he doesn't have a spot. He's basically been uh, told, "Sorry, mate, you're gonna have to go into the 14 or even the 18 this season because we've signed all of this those these talented guys, um, and you're not just not doing the job because it's not true. He's trying. He is trying to do the job, and we saw glimpses of that this season. I just don't think he suits the West Tigers. I think that's the go and. It, uh, there's been a lot of movies, rumors that he is going to either Newcastle or Bulldogs. Actually, close to signing with Newcastle at the moment, uh, which I think will be good for him. I think Clifford will suit him well. Um, but it is a knife in Luke Brooks's back, and he's an, he's one of those guys that we just thought he's going to be a one club man. Um, so it is. It's just a knife in his back, and it's basically similar to being told, "Sorry, mate, don't need you." Um, yeah. I don't know if you well, agree with that, but uh, it's, it's it's just it's that's just my thoughts. Well, uh, yeah, I well, actually uh, a couple of weeks ago I said I believe the halves pairing for twenty twenty two will be Luke Brooks and Adam Dewey because Luke Brooks was recently awarded the Tigers Player of the Year, and I don't think he was their Player of the Year. I think I would have put Adam Dewey definitely, um, but I think it just I think this was a public message affirming their commitment to him as their halfback. Um, and look, I since then all these rumors have been coming out about, you know, as you said, Luke Brooks to the Knights. Um, and as you said, I actually like Luke Brooks probably more than a lot of people. A lot of people are really harsh on him, but mm. fact is he has not even close to performed up to his eight hundred fifty thousand dollar contract, and that's not on his fault because he hasn't played like that in his whole career. They were bought him on potential and he has not lived up to it, but they should, they, they've overpaid for him and it was kind of obvious even at that time. Um, you know, I think, it's it, as you said, it's these guys, it's the exact same situation with Ben Hunt, the exact same situation with Milford, Ash Taylor, these million-dollar guys um, that just get all this pressure placed on them. And look, it's just a fact that if you sign that big contract, there's going to be extra criticism because... You know, that's all you want. As we've talked um, about like a few signings and how good they are because they're value. And if you're not getting your value for money, then the fan, you know, the fans go, we could be spending that money and getting so much, so much better. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, I I, um, I think it would be good if Luke Brooks could get out of the Tigers as well. I think his performance is has exactly matched the team's performance in regard to just inconsistency across the board. Um, and I would um, look, but... I, I think the Knights do need someone, obviously, if Mitchell Pierce leaves. So I think he, I think, you know, I think Luke Brooks is still, still a solid player. Like, if you're paying 400K for Luke Brooks, I reckon I'm happy. Like, I, I reckon he's a 400K solid halfback. Um, and look, if I have no doubt that the Tigers would have to pitch in probably about half of his contract um, to any team that he goes to. Um, but, also, I would really, and look, I know it's not possible, but I just would love to see Luke Brooks at like just one of those really outstanding clubs. 
um, you know, like, you know, like the Melbourne Storm, just to see, like, just imagine, like, I feel like he's came into the league, you know, with so much, such high rap, so much talent. So I, I, I would really love to see if he can get to, like, a really stable situation. And I'm not completely sure that the Knights are that. They haven't really been very consistent the last couple of years. And I honestly don't know why, to be honest. They've had Mitchell Pearce, and I think Adam O'Brien's a really good coach. Um, but yeah, if, if he can get there and start to play, find a, a little bit of consistency, like obviously, you know, that, that forward pack is filled with origin representatives. You know, you got Frizzell, you got Clemmer, you got all these like former origin players. Um, so, you know, the Knights have really underperformed the last couple of years, in my opinion. And I like, uh, but I, I think, you know, if you're paying 400k to replace Mitch Pierce, I think it's a good signing. Yeah, yeah I, I think it'll be really unfortunate for Mitchell Pierce himself. If he does go off to the Super League, because he's, I think he's one of those guys that has a lot of records to break in the NRL. He's not that old yet, and even though he might, I think he's in his late twenties, early thirties, but he's not that old yet. He's in his prime. Mitchell Pearce, he, he really does look good for the Newcastle Knights, and I think it'll be a shame if he does go off to England. And uh, look, England's done some great things for players that have gone there in the past. You look at Jackson Hastings himself, uh, actually benefited really well. From going to England, he's actually come back more mature, um, and and really um, down to earth as well. Uh, so England does great things for guys. I just, I don't think it's 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 his time to go to England yet. I don't. I just don't think. I think Mitchell Pearce has got a lot more to give to the NRL. Um, talking though about Luke Brooks, I think going to the Knights would be really beneficial for him. And I know everyone loves him at the Tigers. He he. He looks like one of those one-club guys, but you talk about him going to the teams like the Melbourne Storm and all that. I still think Newcastle could be that team. He's playing with guys like Jake Clifford, who's coming through the ranks, a really talented young 5'8", who does suit Mitchell Pearce really well and could definitely suit Luke Brooks well, in my opinion. Kalen Ponga, who's a really marketable, as we've talked about before, marketable international guy uh, with a very uh, brand-based character. Um He's playing with guys, even I could name a bunch of guys in that night system who's, who play really well and who have played really well in 2020, uh, 2021. Um, even the younger guys, Aaron Chihuahua and whatnot. Um, but I think Luke Brooks going into that system would be really beneficial for him. And they've got those older, they've got those older guys as well. Mitch Barnett, we talk about a bunch of guys like that as well. He'd, he'd suit the Knights well. Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, I, um, I, I think there's no doubt that the roster at the Knights is better than the one at the Tigers. Um, so, you know, I think definitely, like, if it would give him an opportunity to succeed. And, and that's the thing. I, I completely agree with you in regard to you look at that team on paper and they've got leadership. They've got it all. So that just make that's the only reason I question, like, why? where is this inconsistency? Because I, st- I honestly can't figure out why. Like, you know, you look at some teams and you're like, oh, they're, you know, they're inconsistent, but they're young. They've got, they've got experience across the park. They've got, um, you know, as I said, origin representatives. They've got a good, you know, Pong is a star. Um, they've had Mitchell Pierce, who's, yeah, as we said, like still an NRL high-level halfback. Um, so, yeah, I... I, I do I do agree with you. On paper, if Luke Brook goes to that team and they can li- live up to their potential, they'll be da- very dangerous. It's just a matter of whether they can, I suppose. Um, and just one other thing I was going to say, just about Mitch Pierce. He's actually 32. Um, so I think the only thing... I definitely agree with you that he is 
he's definitely good enough to be in the NRL for another year or two. Uh, you know, I think I think he's got a couple of good years left in him. But I just don't think, in regard to contract, like contractual security, any team is going to sign him for like that three-year big money deal. I think at this point in his NRL career, he's kind of that veteran guy that you want kind of a little bit cheaper now. Um, and look, I would take him. I would take him to the dogs 100%. He's exactly what you need. And him for like, as I said, 400, around the 400K mark, I'd be happy. But like, I don't think we can, I, I don't think I would be willing to sign him probably for three years. Uh, and he's also himself had some injury issues. You know, he had, tore his pec and the, uh, last year, I think. And, you know, he, he has had some injury problems, even though he, um, you know, he finished the year off, I think. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's just just want to put that in. Just the fact that I do I do think he's got a couple of good NRL years left, and he's got, he's still can achieve a lot more. Um, but I think he's he's not going to get that big deal that he may get at the Super League. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, it's it, it's true because England pays a lot. It does pay a lot. Um, I just think that Mitchell Pearce has a lot more to give, um, and he's got a lot more records to break. Um, in the NRL as well. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Luke Brooks in the next few days. Personally, I'd love to see him at the Knights. I think he'd suit that team and that roster well as well. I think he'd fit in really well. And he's similar in, to Mitchell Pearce in the sense that he does need that guy to control the squad around him as well, but also have a little bit of off-the-cuffness. Um, so yeah, I, I, I really like this signing. I really, If it happens, I love it. Uh, and I think yeah. it'd be good for Brooks. Um, and I think it'd be a happy divorce there um, for yeah. the Tigers as well. And I think the Tigers, they've got they've got those guys. They've got Hastings. They've got Dewey. They've got um, Tyron Peachy now as well. Uh, I don't think it would hurt them that much. And that's a sad thing to say, but I don't think it would hurt them that much if Brooks ends up going to the Knights. Uh, but it, it will be interesting to see what will happen in the next few days. Yeah, just a quick question. So theoretically, I'm just asking this, you know, I've sort of seen this like floated, as you said, the Bulldogs uh, were sort of floated as an option. Who would you prefer out of Kyle Flanagan and Luke Brooks? Because, you know, amongst a lot of like Bulldogs, you know, I've obviously followed a lot of Bulldogs pages and things. There seems to be like a lot of people seem to say that they would prefer Kyle Flanagan. I personally would prefer Luke Brooks, I think. But a lot of people, you know, they come, they come, you know, let's face it. I don't want to, I don't want to kill Flanagan for this past year because we weren't on paper. Our roster was um, quite, we were, we were poor. Um, but I also think he didn't play, um, you know, up to his expectations. He came there as the man um, and I, I, I expected a little bit more. I did. Um, but, you know, a lot of people are at the point where they think, look, Kyle Flanagan has still has the chance to develop into a really good player. You know, we saw it at the Roosters, um, what he what he could do. And if he gets better, then he could really be a good player in this league. Whereas they look at Luke Brooks and they say, he's kind of at his ceiling. We know what he is. We've got a big sample size on him. Um, so, yeah, I was just wondering, who would you prefer? Now, oh, personally, me, I'd pick Luke Brooks just because we've seen what he can do. We've seen the type of player that he is. He's just an absolute workhorse uh, for the Tigers. Well, he was. I don't know if he's still going to be there. Um, but he's just an absolute workhorse for uh, every game that he plays. And he's expected to be the main man. And that's just not what he is. He needs to play off someone, I think. If he does go to the Dogs, Matt Burton could be that guy for him. I think that he could play off Matt Burton really well. He would sort of suit the Bulldogs squad. I think he'd personally suit the Newcastle squad better. Um, but yeah, if I, if I was picking between Kyle Flanagan 
and I was picking between uh, Luke Brooks. I'd probably go Luke Brooks personally. But just but just on that though, um, Kyle Flanagan, he had a great time at the Roosters, played some really great footy. Um, he was really, really impressive there because he was around guys like Luke Keery, because he was around guys like... Uh, Oh, the list goes on and on. He was around guys like Victor Radley, James Tedesco, Joseph Manu, really talented players that just, they were just, it was just a high quality team as well. Um, a lot of people talk up the Roosters and, and rightly so. They're a really professional team and that's why oh, per, he, that's why Flanagan played so well. Uh, and they, and people expected a lot from him because he played in such a great roster. Um that being said, that doesn't really make the player that he is. And I'm not saying that he's a bad player. He's a fantastic player, Kyle Flanagan. And I do think that Matt Burton's going to help him a lot coming into the squad in 2022. So if Kyle Flanagan does play halfback, I think he'll suit Matt Burton really well. I think Avarillo will suit Matt Burton really well. And I think Matt Burton suits the Bulldogs really well. Um, but yeah, if, if they... If Luke Brooks ends up backflipping on this Newcastle decision and, uh, and ends up going to the Bulldogs, which I don't know how likely that will be, um, I think Matt Burton's going to be a big player, big part in that. Um, but yeah, personally, if I was but just to sum that all up, if I was picking between Kyle Flanagan and Luke Brooks, I'm picking Luke Brooks uh, just because I know what I'm going to get there. Well, that is it for part two of Around the League with the Bold Man Rugby League page. Big credit to him. Absolute legend of a bloke. We'll be doing a part three. Now, it wasn't expected, but this podcast was longer than expected. Um, and that's not a bad thing. He's an absolute champion bloke. And it was an absolute cracker of a chat. Absolutely loved every minute of it. So there will be a part three. It will come out tomorrow. I really hope you enjoyed this one. And I guarantee you... You'll enjoy the last bit of the next one. It is an absolute cracker. Make sure you tune into that one. Thank you for choosing Big Les's League and all rugby league experience. Recommend this podcast to a friend. Stay tuned for part three of Around the League with the one and only Boardman Rugby League page and myself, Big Les. And I'll see you guys in the next one.